This is an APAC EO production. Welcome to episode 95 of the EO Business Podcast for APAC. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm with Catherine Westwood from The Dinner Ladies. Good morning, Catherine. Good morning, Brendan. Uh, now, to me, I was saying before we got uh, on the line that um, The Dinner Ladies, they're like one of the first home delivery services, I reckon, before HelloFresh and, um, you know, it's become huge now, hasn't it, the whole cook, you know, have it prepared for you and or nearly prepared for you. How did you well, get into how did you get I, into this? I certainly think the um uh the boxes of ingredients that you can cook yourself are absolutely huge. In terms of prepared food um that you can eat at home, I I I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but I think we're one of the biggest ones in that area. Oh amazing. That's one of the most challenging areas to actually get right. I mean, you can see there's heaps and heaps of um prepared food that's out there, lean cuisine, but how much of it do people actually eat and think, mm, this is just like something I made myself? I think we've got that space ourselves. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there are too many other people that have got that. So for people that don't know the dinner ladies, can you just explain what you do? Sure. So uh, my great friend Sophie uh, Gilliatt and I founded the Dinner Ladies 15 years ago because we um, had both had a great brace of children. We'd both had other careers before we started having our children, which um, neither of us could foresee a way of being able to go back to, I mean, going back to something, a nine to five job, when you've got multiple little children that are constantly getting the sniffles or constantly, you know, weeping or, you know, need to have assemblies attended to. And I Things have changed a lot since we started our business, but 15 years ago it was still the mother who was absolutely bearing the brunt of organising playdates, attending assemblies, you know, organising the the teachers present, you know, doing all of that great mental load of stuff that comes along with having a family. And one of the big mental loads that come with comes with having a family is um, what's for dinner every single night. And it's not just putting something on the table, it's putting good food on the table that will help your children grow into, you know, sort of happy and healthy adults. And, you know, food isn't just about health. It's also about, um, you know, gathering, spending time together, you, you know, reflecting at the end of the day. How was your day today? Sitting down at the table, you know, it's cultural, it's heritage. It's, oh, my grandma used to make this. There's so much attached to it. And I think mothers 15 years ago and increasingly everyone now understands the importance of of, you know, dinner and food uh, to building a home. So many of our friends, lawyers particularly, who had nine to five jobs knew this and then they'd get home at the end of the day and along with where's my school bag, uh, where's my lunch, they'd have to think about, you know, preparing dinner and it's just too much. It's too much. Uh, We understood that. So we thought let's have a go. Um, At that time we weren't working. We'll cook 10 dinners and we'll give them for free to 10 of our, you know, busy friends and if they like it next week they'll have to pay. So we did it, and they all happily coughed up their dough the next week. And, oh, amazing. Uh, we just took it from there. So, you know, COVID's thrown a big spanner in the works, but since then we've just steadily grown every single week more and more through word of mouth. So, And is it just Sydney? Ladies. Is, it, is it just Sydney that you operate in? Or do no, you... we're all over the east coast of Australia and in Adelaide. So the only places we don't deliver to... I don't think we get to Burke in New South Wales, so sorry okay. if any listeners are in Burke, but we'll yep. try. 
um, yeah. but we cover most of the state of New Southern Queensland, um, South Australia, around Adelaide, um, and heaps. I mean, we go to Yass, we deliver to Albury, uh, we deliver to Ballarat and Bendigo, you know, so there aren't too many places with a population over 50,000 that we don't get to now. So have you centralised the cooking process or do you have multiple kitchens in it's different states? It's always been centralised. It's okay. always been centralised because that's the big thing and that's the big barrier to entry in this game, the um, the amount of infrastructure that you need and particularly quality control is absolutely key. So if you have, uh, you know, 10 different kitchens everywhere, you're replicating all of your Got equipment yep. machinery, but yep. crucially expertise in making, you know, achieving, you know, consistent quality. And so do you tend to have the same, um, I guess, recipes or do you have a percentage that are the same and then you have a percentage that are that change on a weekly basis? How does that, uh, like your favourites and then your, I don't know. So I'm guessing when you were yeah. customers, your wife did the ordering, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I know. I remember the lasagna very clearly. Uh, so that was a favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always on our menu. Um, and but we have a, a changing monthly menu in addition to that. Back in the old days, we used to have a changing weekly menu, but that just as we expanded and took more people on, um, yep. it just became too much to involve. You know, constant changes with a bigger team of people. So we've simplified it which has been a good thing. And I think people don't necessarily want something dazzling, linear and different every single week. I think they come to us for familiar, comforting favourites, but, you know, with a bit of interest as well, exactly the same way you cook at home for yourself. Yeah, I know. We've used it like we've gone away for the weekend and we've got friends coming over and we'll go, oh, we'll get the dinner ladies. And then, you know, it it presents so well and it tastes so good that um, <laughs> it's a great, but then you don't have all the hassle of having to cook and trying to pull it all together while everyone else is having fun. So. And it's not just the cooking, it's the shopping and the planning and the thinking, what are we going to, you know, that's that's a huge part of the mental load that's, um, that comes with preparing food. Yep. So I'm imagining that the uh, the 15 years ago you started off in your own kitchen for your 10 friends. Can you walk us through how it's grown over the years and what were some of the key milestones? <laughs> like when did you get your first commercial kitchen, for example? Uh, so it was a long time before we got our first commercial kitchen. So we started literally in my home kitchen and we realised very rapidly that even cooking 10 litres of food in a home kitchen is um, not good. So happily, I had a, a shed out the back of my house, a garage that's not accessible by car, so we can't use it um, for a car. In fact, it's been a, a very... It's been a well-used shed over the years. When we renovated our house when we first bought it, um, I moved in there with uh, all of my children. So the oldest three... <laughs> We built a shelf that went ran along one side of the garage and the older three used to climb up a ladder. The first one would climb up down to the end of the shelf and lie down. Then the second one would next in lie down and then we'd shut the flap so they couldn't fall out. And then the baby was in the cot underneath the shelf. And then um, my husband and I used to sleep on a pull-out sofa that we sat on uh, during the day. <laughs> so it's amazing what you can do in a small space if you put your mind to it. Um, we moved out of the kitchen into the shed and... Mm -hmm. Um, uh, we got a, um, uh, a big flat surface. My husband built a big flat, flat surface to go on our holiday trailer that we used to take camping. We needed to store somewhere, so that was multi-purpose. And then we went to Ikea and we bought a stainless steel sort of table. Um, we got two things called Rambo burners off the internet, which are big cast iron burners that we attached to, you know, um, barbecue gas canisters. And that way we were able to start cooking in, you know, bigger volumes, so 50 litres at a time. So, so that was our first sort of commercial operation. 
um, in the shed. Uh, and after a while, it became apparent that we needed more, just more space, more refrigeration. Mm. So we moved to the Bondi Bowling Club. Oh, just around the just around the corner from where we live. There we go. That's right. So it's been taken over recently and sort of jazzed up a bit. When we found it, uh, there was still bowling there. In the old days, there'd been literally hundreds of members, and so they used to put on big lunches and things like that. So they had quite a big, decent kitchen that was not being used anymore at all, um, particularly on Monday, Tuesday when we cooked. So we rented that from them uh, for a bit. The slight problem we had there is that they, I think they were in a lot of financial trouble. So they took one look at us and saw how busy we were and they said, we're doubling your rent. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, yeah. we, we did, as we were growing through that period, we thought, okay, we do need to find somewhere now. So we took over the rent on an old butcher's shop and spent some money and that had a cool room and that was a game changer because we it's um it's storage and chilling that that you know is the other things not so much cooking space that um other challenges so we were there for about three years four years and that's when we turned into a full-time business and that gave us enough sort of turnover and cash to be able to start seriously thinking about buying commercial premises and that's when we moved to our first unit in matraville so that Timeline, what, 2015 or is it a bit before? Uh, so we moved to Matraville, yes, in about 2015. Yeah. Uh, and we've expanded rapidly since we moved into our first industrial unit there. Now we occupy four industrial units. Oh, my um, gosh. Oh, my gosh. Total combined space of a, over a 1,000 square metres. Okay. And so yeah. how many, um, like, what do the operations look like today? Like, have you got... Multiple, is it cooks or uh, uh, you'll have to explain well, it to I me? Used to, yeah, um, yeah. I used to sort of um, pick up and move sort of um, boxes of our product. We now have a forklift truck and pallet loads. So yeah, it's wow. changed <laughs> yeah, yeah. dramatically. And, you know, um, we our first system for managing orders was literally a, a, a book from Offworks that my daughter drew a little picture, did a lady's order book. So people used to email us and we'd write down in the book, you know, sort of Jane Sapono, one tagine, two spaghetti, whatever she was ordering, and then add up how much we needed to cook and then tick off on the book whether they'd paid or not. Okay. Um, <laughs> old school, old school. Old school. Any, any mistakes we- there? Did anyone get an extra lasagna or tiramisu or...? Endless, endless, endless mistakes, constant mathematical errors, endless also delivering to the wrong address, right. uh, leaving things out. I mean, so many mistakes, so many times. So if you turn me up and say, oh, my God, you know, we've mixed up the food of, you know, sort of Mrs. Smith and Miss Jones. Uh, they've got the others orders. I have to pile all the kids into the back of the car, race down to Mrs. Smith, grab her food, you know, and then swap rounds and then bring back Mrs. Jones ones. Constant. I, I, I do. I do vague, <laughs> vaguely remember a uh, an incident where I think that w- there was we had the dinner ladies and there was two people in the same street, but only a number of doors away, and we had to we we got each other's boxes. So all, it all it all worked out. It was fine. But so many of our customers were so nice about that because a lot of our drivers they get used to their regular customers. If they drive into a street and they've yep. got the more regular, they just automatically go to that customer. So wow. I mean, so many of those mistakes, and thankfully now we've been we've got so you know zero accounting. De- I mean, every single process that we had to do, we used to have to do on paper, you know, in a book yep. and add up yep. on a calculator. But now we've got accounting systems, payroll systems, delivery systems. You know, we alert yep. people by text when their boxes arrive, so they don't forget about it and find it two days later. I mean, you know, just the improvements over the years have been mm. phenomenal. I don't know how. 
we managed to scrape through and still make money in the early yeah. days. But <laughs> the the joys of growing a business. It's uh, <laughs> amazing. So, um, how many how many staff are you up to now, Catherine? Uh, well over a hundred. So uh, that's not all a hundred sort of full time permit stuff. But I yep. guess it's a hundred. Yeah, it's over a hundred, of which about eighty something are full time permanent stuff. Okay, and then so, um, say if you're delivering to I don't know Melbourne, is there a flight element or is it a all drive? No, or that... God, way too expensive. No, yeah. so um, so we've got a lot of systems that control trying to be, you know being as efficient as we possibly can. You know, I talk to a lot of people um, who start in the home delivery game, and what surprises me is how they don't put a lot of thought into trying to introduce efficiencies into their delivery system. So often their, you know, delivery is what kills them. So we um, we deliver everything ourselves in the early days, and it was only about eight years ago that we started to partner with um, uh, a refrigerated courier company. And it was very funny because he was just starting a business at the, about the same time that we were, and um, we <laughs> went out to the Parramatta Road and found an old refrigerated van which was oh my god it was a total donkey we invested stupid amounts of money getting it going again anyway he turned up and bought it from us because that's all he did um refrigerated delivery so we've come to know him he's grown much faster than we have annoyingly all right (laughs) there you go but he's since sold out to hello fresh but he still you know operates the business and is involved it's called be cool couriers but they were one of the first and earliest um that we partnered with to get to the far flung because they deliver for everyone hello fresh us you know lots of different people so yeah. they pull everything together and they've got one guy that goes out to gas for example say and does all the deliveries there oh i see so they uh yeah they've got multiple multiple clients and then they're all, go- all going to yeah that's a good way of doing it isn't Correct. it but we still deliver ourselves in sydney because it's efficient enough you know within yeah. a certain radius of our um of our hq um, we, you know, organise our own deliveries. It's much more cost effective. So, is Sydney is given that Sydney is where you started? Is that where the majority of your clientele are still? It is, it is, but it's funny. Over time, it's changing. You know, we could even pick the suburb where we started. That was always our busiest suburb, but now it's not our busiest suburb anymore. It's um, yeah, no. So slowly, we're starting to become. Mm. Yeah, or more, 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 more integrated and well known amongst. Correct. Different communities, and less less local to you know the area where we actually are. So how how do you do your marketing? Is it is it word of mouth or? Well, um, we have <laughs> we used to we've always grown by word of mouth. So that's yeah. been you know what has actually made us grown. But it was about six years ago, eight years ago when we moved into the, the commercial premises, and um, we had a period of about six months where we were outfitting it getting the electrics going where you know we were absolutely battling and we thought right we've got to get more customers how are we going to do it we've got to start marketing yeah so up until then we'd never really done any marketing apart from posting on social channels um so all of that every single bit we've just you know it was even only about eight years ago that we started to take pictures of food because it's actually very time consuming to Mm. take pictures of food on a constantly changing menu so it was only really when um, phones started to get a decent enough camera on them to be able to take pictures that we could see a way where we could do it. So we'd be working all day, getting the menu ready. I'd take various, um, you know, bits of it home, 
get it ready, take pictures of it, and then we'd eat it for dinner in our house. So we're always were very focused on being as efficient as we possibly could, you know. So there was no way I could spend time cooking and preparing food and photographing it, then coming home and making something different for my family to eat. So it's quite a good business if you've got a family in that way because yeah. everyone eats the end result. Well, that, that was going to be my next question, actually. Um, how many nights a week is it is it dinner ladies at your house? <laughs> Back in the old days, it was very, very often because that was the other way that we had of you know, getting rid of the drop, broken packages, you know, if if we used to have this terrible packaging that, you know, if you dropped it, it completely shattered. So I was the one that sort of screaming out there, <laughs> you know, and there were other reasons where, um, you know, at the end of a run, we'd have two or three, you know, things left over that we weren't able to sell. So all of the sort of leftover bits and pieces, um, yes, we made good use of always. So nothing was ever wasted, ever. Yep, yep. And what about today, though? You, you've... Uh... So today I'm no longer on site involved every single day and okay. we've got brilliant systems that manage and control and our packaging is much better. So I'm happy to report that our wastage is, God, I think that's come down from, it was probably in the early days was about 10% and now it will be down to less than 0.5%. Yeah, that's amazing. And so I guess it's the sort of business that, like, do people stay on week to week or like what percentages so recurring? Most of our customers um, come, uh, our really good customers come back to us every two weeks. We, um, and you know, some customers just dip in and out. A lot of people seem to save us up for special occasions, which, you know, they don't yeah. need to. You know, we're, and all of our best customers obviously just eat us, you know, sort of two, yeah. three times a week. Um, when we, when COVID struck, which is another whole separate story that I won't get into. Yeah. We made the move from going from combination fresh and frozen to going completely frozen. It just um, it introduced streamlines to our operation and it meant that we were able to, you know, I won't bore you with a long, yeah. complicated description yeah. of why we did that, um, but we did. And that's really, really, really streamlined our procedures. And it's also meant that people have always got it in the freezer as a backup and they yeah. can get it out of their freezer and use it whenever they want. So Yeah, um, that, that makes a lot of sense. So with with the sort of the rise of, I don't know, HelloFresh, Dinnerly and I think Marley Spoon's the other big one, how, has that affected your business or has it actually grown? Well, the whole not really life? because those three businesses that you've mentioned are quite different to ours. With HelloFresh, Dinnerly and Marley Spoon, you get a box of a sweet potato, a chicken breast, uh, and you've actually got to then cook it, which is great for a lot of people who want to learn how to cook and find cooking a relaxing thing to do in the evening. So, you know, young single professionals, for example, I know it's very popular with them because it's perfect. Mm. Um, but for a busy mother coming home or, you know, if you want to have all your friends and relations around or if you're travelling, you know, to, to a, a relative space or going on holiday and you get there at 6pm on the first night, it's really expensive taking everyone out. It's really expensive. No one wants to get takeaway all the time. So we're quite a different system. Like if you travel away with our lasagna or our cottage pie, you stick it in the oven, unpack, get everyone organised, and then in an hour's time you can take it out. Everyone sits down and eats dinner. So yeah. it's very different to getting all the ingredients for a cottage pie from HelloFresh and you've then got to sit down and cook it. So they're yeah. very distinct, different. Um, but don't worry. Everyone confuses us with them. It's okay. <laughs> no, I guess I guess it's a similar kind of concept in a way that you know it's food. It's a meal coming to your door. I guess that's the way I'm framing yeah, it. Home delivered food. That's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Excellent. Now you've recently joined EO. Um, 
uh, welcome. <laughs> um, Thank you. Uh, what was the what were the reasons for for jumping on on board and, and so becoming an EO member? Uh, the biggest reason was um, COVID introduced a huge surge in business. When COVID struck, Sophie and I, my business partner, were absolutely hands-on. We ran everything, you know, marketing, finances, um, menu creation, you know, absolutely everything. I don't know if you remember, but the weekend of March 13, 14 was the one when ScoMo went on the telly and said, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but something big's about to happen and you all need to think about getting two weeks' worth of food in your... <laughs> At home. <laughs> Just call the dinner ladies, yep. <laughs> that was vividly added, but it was literally like being hit by a truck. So we sold out everything on our website. We, we had to shut the website down. And then we had to focus on, you know, getting it out the door in combination with another side story. Uh, we had a COVID scare in our workplace with someone who'd just come back um, on that weekend. So we'd literally taken more orders. We'd ever taken, you know, double our normal scale. And I was worried, how are we going to get this out the door? If we can't get it out the door, this might be the end of this business because, you know, mm. it's so crucial. Anyway, thankfully, we got through that. We managed to keep going. We were busy like you can't even begin to imagine. But the increase in revenue meant we were able to take on a finance director, uh, a chief operating officer, a CTO, a menu director, a head of marketing, you know. So now we literally have a management team in place that are specialists in, you know, all of their jobs. So happily, it meant that I eventually was able to step away and I had more time on my hands. And so I thought I would love to meet some like-minded people who've also been through these things because the problems and the things that I need to now chew over are more to do with running a business rather yeah. than how am I going to fix this problem right now? You know, how am I going to yeah. figure out how to deliver these things more efficiently? So I thought this would be an organisation of people who um, I would be able to talk to about these things because um, there aren't many people that you can talk to about yeah. how to run a business. So. so so it sounds like COVID actually fast-forwarded you getting out of the business, like instead of working in the business, you're now working on the business, and which is where I think most entrepreneurs really want to be. Correct. Congrats, I, yeah. I just want to add a caveat to that saying so many people, particularly in the hospitality industry, COVID was a total disaster. So yeah. I'm not bragging in any yeah. way, shape or form. We managed to get through it and I don't know, but what a disaster that was for so many people. Yeah, um, 100%, 100%. 100%. Um, Okay, Catherine. Well, we've come to the end of the uh, uh, the episode. But um, if people want to find out more about um, the Dinner Ladies, what's your website? Dinnerladies.com.au. Oh, there you go. That's uh, so. No, the and hopefully, if we've got our SEO settings right, if you Google us, we come out on top. So we've it's... got other bastards tracking us down now. We're <laughs> buying the Dinner Ladies to try and get. Oh up. yeah, right. Um, so it's not the dinner ladies, it's just dinner ladies. Dinnerladies.com. Okay. Yeah. That's brilliant. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Brendan. It's been fun. Good, good. <laughs> You've been listening to an APAC EO production. I hope you've been enjoying listening to the podcast. If you are, it'd be great if you could help us out by leaving us a review and sharing this with friends and colleagues.